So the title of the message this morning is Feeding on the Word, Feeding on the Word, and that's what we're going to be looking at as we continue our series, our foundational series this morning. Um, we were having a chat yesterday in the car on the way to the race, and we were talking about how just uh, our lives change with certain, certain influences, and I was reflecting on my life in terms of two really key things that have impacted my life greatly and caused it to take a different direction. And the one was Bible school. I think I mentioned to you in my last sermon that I went to Bible school when I was at varsity studying pharmacy. And um, because I am an all or nothing person and I wanted to know about truth and I wanted to know what the truth is. And so that really impacted my life and it helped me to make some really hard decisions and some decisions that resulted in me marrying this gentleman over here and planting churches and, and it's, been a, it's been a great life so far. It's been a great journey. Um, but that was Bible school. But another... Um, thing that I, re I remember doing, and I'm very blessed to have been exposed to this ministry, was with Pastor Bill Scheidler, such a teacher of the word. He took us through something called Bible Research. It was a course called Bible Research. And I've done some of it here when we were doing our Bible school, our school of leadership, and a school of... Um, yeah, School of Leadership saw, yeah, a, a couple of years ago. And actually, a lot of those lessons are available on the website. But he took us through in-depth a set of, of lessons, how to, do bi how to do character studies, how to do word studies, how to mine the word uh, for ourselves. So powerful. And I want to encourage you, if you have not gone through something like that, to get on our website, download those lessons, or find some tools that can help you. Because for you to be able to mine the word for yourself, very important, very critical in this day and age critical for our own spiritual growth, critical that we can search out the scriptures for ourselves and apply the word to our own situations. Amen. Okay. And before I get going on my points, I'm wanting to um, read you a few scriptures just to show you the power of the word of God. I think it's really important that we we hear these scriptures. Hebrews 1 verse 3 in the Passion, it says, The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature, his mirror image. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. His word is powerful. He holds the universe, which is your life, together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. We need the word in our lives. Amen. In the New King James Version, it says, The sun, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Okay, his word is powerful. Everything is upheld by the word of his power, by the power of of his word, where it says in Hebrews 4 verse 12 that the word of God is living and powerful. In the NIV, it says the word of God is alive and active. So the word of God, this thing that we're discussing today, is something that's alive. It's not dead on the pages of my Bible. It's alive. It's alive. It causes, it upholds things. It expands things. Okay? It's active. If you go and you look at what that what that means, active. There are a couple of scriptures that helped 
um, to kind of bring understanding to what that word active means. Um, and it's Isaiah 55 verse 11. So is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So as his word goes forth, as he sends his word, as he speaks his word to us, it's alive, it's active, it accomplishes that which it's sent for. So I want to say and encourage us this morning that if we don't see fruitfulness in our lives, if we don't see God working in our lives, I'm wanting to ask you, are you sending forth his word over your life? Are you receiving his word? Because it's his word that accomplishes that, which he sends for. It's alive and it's active. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13 says, And we thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. You see, the word of God, when we truly receive it into our hearts, the word of God, when we speak it, the word of God, when we mine it and we get revelation, it's at work in our lives. So if you don't see God at work in your life, I'm wanting to ask you this morning, are you putting the word of God in your life? Because it's the word that will work in you to accomplish his purpose. Amen. Okay. And, and part of that, obviously, is praying the word and releasing the word, which, as you know, I'm passionate about. <laughs> okay? But the word of God is alive. The word of God is active. And the word of God is important in our lives. And so with that as a foundation, I'm going to embark on uh, explaining and helping us to understand the importance of feeding on the word. Number one, what is the importance of the word of God in our lives? Well, the word of God gives life to and sustains us as believers in our earthly walk. It gives life to, it sustains us. It's our food for our journey. Okay, so it's important that we take in the Word of God regularly to sustain us, to give life, to bring forth fruit, and to help us in our journey. Now, if we look at the life of Jesus, A, Jesus indicated that the Word of God was a source of life to him. We see this in Matthew 4, verse 1 to 4. It says, Jesus was led by the Spirit uh, into the wilderness to be tempted. And he was hungry because he'd fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And Satan came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, typical, if you are the Son of God, if God has called you, if Command these stones become bread, but Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So if Jesus said this for himself, I cannot live by bread alone, but I live by the, by the bread that, the, the, the preceding word from the mouth of God, which is my bread, how much more should we be like that too? In the Passion Translation, I'm going to use some of the Passion uh, Paraphrase Translation because it explains it um, well for our, uh, a context in, our, in, our, in today. today's context. Jesus answered, the scriptures say, bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word which constantly goes forth from God's mouth. True life is found in every word that constantly goes forth from God's mouth. When was the last time that you ate something that was coming forth from the mouth of God? Sometimes I think we live on last year's revelation. We live on, on last month's preceding word. But God has got a word for today. 
He's got a word for the now, and we got to live by the preceding word, that now word that's going forth from God's mouth. That is why it's so important. And another thing that I, that I was thinking about as I was preparing this is, you know, in life, if we don't have a natural appetite for food, it's a problem, right? If your child does not have an appetite, mothers, it's a problem. You'll want to, at some point, you'll be giving them multivitamins because multivitamins stimulate appetite. Giving them multivitamins, if that doesn't work, eventually you'll take them to the doctor and you'll be saying, what is wrong with my child? There's something wrong. He doesn't want to eat. And if you don't eat, what happens? You don't grow. You get nutritional deficiencies. You can get sick, right? And it's the same in the spirit. If we don't have an appetite for spiritual food, it indicates that there's a problem. In the natural, when we don't eat, you know when you don't eat for a while, you actually lose your appetite after a while, right? You actually don't feel hungry. You can, you can, if you don't eat breakfast and you make a habit of it, do you wake up hungry? No, you don't because your body just grows accustomed to it. It's the same in the spirit. When we don't train ourselves to have an appetite for spiritual food, we, become, uh, we lose our appetite. We, we can become spiritually deficient in certain areas. We can become spiritually ill. We can become spiritually sick. So we need to cultivate an appetite for the word of God. Amen. If I don't eat enough, they say the fourth discipline on a triathlon is your nutrition. If I don't eat on a triathlon, I will get fatigued and I'm not going to perform. It's the same in our spiritual race. We're running a race in life, a spiritual race. Our nutrition is really key. It's the fourth discipline in our, if I can just use my triathlon language, we've got to eat right in order to have strength and not get fatigued. So how is your appetite for the word? B, Jesus encouraged us to labor for and to feed on the right kind of food. In John 6, verse 26 to 27, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because the Father has set a seal on him. You see, the context here was that a crowd had followed him over the Sea of Tiberias. He'd just done a whole lot of miracles, healed a whole lot of people. And, and then there were 5,000 men, and they were hungry. And his disciples were like, you better send these guys away to get food because we don't have enough money to feed them. And Jesus was like, no, you feed them. And then he did the miracle of where he fed the 5,000, right? You remember that? So Jesus said to them, you followed me not because you saw the signs, but because I gave you food. And then and he says, don't labor for for food which perishes, but he says, labor for food which endures to everlasting life. I love how the passion puts it. He said, Jesus replied, let me make this very clear. You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle, not because you believe in me. Why would you strive for food that is perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life, which never spoils? I, the Son of Man, am ready to give you what matters most, for God the Father has destined me for this purpose. Are we passionate about getting food which lasts for eternity? Why would you strive for food that is perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life which never spoils? The Aramaic is, why would you not seek the food that fastens you to eternal life? I love that. Why would you not seek the food that fastens you to eternal life? What is the food that fastens me to eternal life? It's the word of God. It's God's promises for my life. Amen. Jesus spoke of a bread that when we eat, we never hunger. John 6 verse 35. 
Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. The Passion Translation says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Come every day to me and you will never be hungry. Believe in me and you will never be thirsty. Come every day to me. Come every day to me. Do we go every day to the bread of life who is Jesus? Do we go every day to the word of God? You know, sometimes we can have fast food. That's okay. You know, hopefully it's not every day. But if you rush during the day, rather have something. Rather read a psalm. Rather pray a verse. Dig dig in a verse. You know, when I went to this, I went to a conference last week and the guy who was leading it, he said, read Psalm 16 not to get to the end, but to get stuck somewhere. But to get stuck somewhere. So we, if you've got a short amount of time, read a psalm, pick a psalm to get stuck somewhere. So don't read to get to the end. Read until the Holy Spirit settles on something. Something jumps out at you and you meditate on that. That's what you carry into your day. You've got something. Even if it's a snack, even if it's a fast food something. Amen. But hopefully we don't build our lives on those fast food snacks. Okay. Two, Jesus spoke of a water that when you drink, you will never thirst. Jesus answers and says to the woman at the well, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The Passion Translation says, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing water of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. I love what the Greek verb used for springing up there is. I'm not going to try and say it. It's in your notes. You can look at it. But the interesting thing is that word for springing up is never used for inanimate objects like water. You never see that verb used for inanimate objects. It's used for living things and for people. And it means a jumping up or a leaping up. And um, elsewhere, this verb has been translated as an activity of the Holy Spirit. So when we drink the water that Jesus gives us, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up, not water springing up, the Holy Spirit springing up within each one of us. And that's not just for the pastor or the worship leader or the prayer leader. That's for every person who was born again and filled with the Spirit. Amen. That's for you and that's for me. The Holy Spirit springing up. And you know what? When I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, when he fills me and he's springing up, I have strength. I have life. I can hear what he's saying. I can, he overflows. So I've got enough to be a blessing to other people. I can encourage others. I can strengthen others. And it's not dependent upon my circumstances. Amen. I can minister hope to people even if I'm not feeling hopeful because of the Holy Spirit. I can minister breakthrough to people, even if I'm not experiencing breakthrough. I can minister freedom from poverty to people, even if I'm not experiencing that, because it's the power of the Holy Spirit doing that. And often I find in my life, as I do that, I experience the breakthrough myself. You know, if I'm feeling depressed, I want to pray for someone who's depressed. I experience the breakthrough as I do it. It's the Holy Spirit springing up in me. Amen. 
So, however, number three, the responsibility is on the believer to hunger and thirst and to eat and to drink. We've got to hunger and thirst. We've got to cultivate that hunger. We train our bodies when to get hungry, don't we? We train our bodies when we, you know, if I think about my schedule, I've got a schedule to eat, you know, because you've got to eat regularly. I train my body at that time I'm hungry because my body's used to eating. Is it the same in the spirit realm? Matthew 5 verse 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be filled. When I looked at that phrase, they shall be filled, when it's translated from the Aramaic, it's associated with planting and fruitfulness. So they shall be filled, it's associated with fruitfulness. In the Greek, it's associated with they shall be satisfied. How many of you know that when you're fruitful and you pour out what is in you, often you feel fulfilled? Amen? They shall be filled. They shall be satisfied. They shall be fruitful. We need the word of God to be fruitful. We need the word of God to be satisfied and fulfilled. We can't do it on our own. Amen. Matthew 5 verse 6 of that verse says, How enriched are you when you crave righteousness, for you will be surrounded with fruitfulness. Isaiah 55 verse 1 to 2 in the NLT. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. Come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen, and I will tell you where to get food that is good for the soul. Listen, are you thirsty for more? Come to the refreshing waters and drink. Even if you have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come and buy all the wine and milk you desire. It won't cost a thing. Why spend your hard-earned money on something that can't nourish you or work so hard for something that can't satisfy? Listen carefully to me and you'll enjoy a feast delighting in the finest food. I'm going to just um, look at some phrases in that portion of scripture. When it says, come to the refreshing waters and drink, I was looking at some explanations of that, and it referred me to Psalm 23, verse 2. He offers a resting place for me and is a luxurious love. He tracks me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. This is also referring to the living waters Jesus spoke about to the woman at the well in John 4. Come to the refreshing waters and drink. How many of you need to be refreshed today? Slip up your hands, okay? Many people need to be refreshed. Here's a key for you. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He tracks me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. Refreshing waters. That's the waters of his word. Got to go to the waters of his word and find refreshing and learn how to take refreshing from that for ourselves. Amen. Even if you have no money, come buy and eat. Come and buy all the wine and milk you desire. Wine symbolizes the joy-filled blessings of God. You'll see some scripture references for you in the notes. Milk symbolizes spiritual nourishment we receive from God's word. So blessings, spiritual nourishment, these things we find in his word. We see this in 1 Peter 2 verse 2 where it says, in the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the sport, pure spiritual milk of God's word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. 
What causes you to grow? The milk of God's word. What nourishes you? The milk of God's word. You know, some people will say, yeah, well, you know, in that church, I just wasn't growing. Okay, and maybe there's, there's, there's truth to that. Maybe, you know, some churches, there's, you know, interesting doctrine that's preached and so forth. But I want to say to you that if you're not growing spiritually, my first question for you is going to be, are you in the word? Are you making sure that you're craving the milk of God's word? Are you feeding yourself regularly? Are you getting into the word every day? If you are getting into the word every day and you're trying to grow and you're still not growing, well, then there's a problem. But a lot of people will say, no, 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 I'm not growing in this place. I'm moving on. But they're not in the word. Their only form of eating is Sunday morning when they come and listen to someone preach. That is not enough. If I ate once a week, I would be weak, anemic, and useless, okay? I wouldn't be strong. I wouldn't have strength to do what I need to do, okay? The milk of God's word. Peter says we got, in 1 Peter 2, it says we've got to crave it, intensely crave it. And Jesus's commentary on this is from Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, when he says, are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me and I will refresh your life. Who is Jesus? He is the bread of life, Amen. Come to me, I will refresh your life. I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways. How do we learn his ways? By reading his word. Amen. How do we learn his ways? His ways are not my ways. I have to learn them from somewhere. We read his word. Learn my ways. And you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. And you will find refreshment and rest in me. Sometimes we've got to go and hide ourselves in the word. We hide the word in our hearts, but we also got to hide ourselves in the word. This week I've been, in fact, for the past number of weeks, I've been hiding myself in various Psalms. Psalm 18, I've been hiding myself in that Psalm and, and it's powerful. And there's something powerful in that. We've got to learn how to do that. Find refreshment, find protection, find refuge in his word. Amen. That portion continues, so listen carefully to me and you'll enjoy a sumptuous feast, delighting in the finest of food. You know what Jesus says about himself in John 5, 48 to 51? He says, I am the true bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the desert and died. But standing here before you is the true bread that comes out of heaven. And when you eat this bread, you will never die. Is there death in areas of your life? Is there stagnation in areas of your life? Then I want to ask you, have you applied the word to that area? Have you fed that area with the word of God? I alone am this living bread that has come to you from heaven. Eat this bread and you will live forever. The living bread I give you is my body, which I offer as a sacrifice so that all may live. Powerful. He's the bread of life. Two. What are some symbols connected with the Word of God, and what do they tell us? Well, I find these so interesting, and I'm going to pray these over us at the end of the message. Now, uh, the first one is, the Word of God is a hammer. Jeremiah 23, verse 29. Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? God's Word is a hammer that is able to break our hard hearts. And how many of you know that our hearts can be hard? They can become hardened. Life hardens us. Situations harden us. Church hardens us. Okay? Various things, we can become hardened. We need the Word of God that can keep our hearts soft. Secondly, the Word of God is a mirror. James 1 verse 23 to 25. It reveals our, our true condition to us. 
But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself and goes away and forgets what he looks like and what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not, for, and not a forgetful hearer but a doer, this one will be blessed in what he does. The Passion Translation says, if you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and you forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfect law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth. They hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. Beautiful translation, hey? The word of God is a two-edged sword. We see this in 2 Timothy 3.16 and James verse 1 to uh, verse 123 to 24. It works for us. Remember, we discussed earlier that the word of God works in us and for us. It's alive. It's active. It works for us to bring victory to our lives. It works on us to convict and to divide. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful. Living and powerful. When I release the word of God over my life, it's living. It remains there even after I've gone to sleep. It's living and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. It's sharp. It's a two-edged sword. And as a discerner, a judge of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, sometimes we don't really understand our own motives. But the word of God is that thing that can discern. It's that sword that can pierce. The Passion Translation says, Every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction. Giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fill any assignment that God gives you. Some people will say, I'm, I'm called. I want to know what I need to do in order to prepare myself for my calling. I know God has called me to ministry. I know God has called me to that, to this or that or the next thing. What must I do? Well, your answer to your question, I'm so glad you asked me this morning. Is 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17. Every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit. It will empower you by its instruction and correction. It will give you strength to take the right direction. It will lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment that God gives you. The answer to your question is get in the word. The answer to your question is dig wells in the word. Equip yourself from the word of God Amen. And learn to do that for yourself. Don't rely on YouTube. Don't rely on your favorite minister on TV, but dig wells for yourself. Amen. You know, whenever people speak to us and preach and teach, most often we're getting the leftovers, okay? We're getting the leftovers like this is a meal for you, but God has spoken to me and he wants to speak to you so much more than this framework of a message. Amen. Okay, so we got to learn to dig wells for ourselves. The word of God is a judge. That's what I was, when I was reading just now, is a judge. It's a discerner. 
From Hebrews 4, verse 12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than two, any two-edged sword, piercing to the vision of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Sometimes we don't know. We don't understand our motives, but God knows. In the Greek, the word for discerner there means critic or judge. The word of God passes judgment on the inner, our innermost nat- nature. He's the umpire that calls the shots. We need the word of God inside of our hearts. Amen. In the Passion, it says, the word of God interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts, which we sometimes aren't aware of. The word of God is water. We see this in John 15 and Ephesians 5. It refreshes, it cleanses, and it purifies the soul from defilements of sin. Ephesians 5, verse 26 to 27 says that he might sanctify and cleanse her, that's the church, that's you and me, with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to her, present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. In the Passion, it says, to make us holy and pure, cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. Through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. I'm sure most of us take at least one bath or shower every day. Amen. We've got to get clean, okay? How often do you shower yourself with the word of God? How often do you shower yourself? You have to shower yourself. This is one thing I can water you, (laughs) okay? We have to shower ourselves with the word of God as a discipline, Sometimes we can be in situations and we can feel defiled. We get defiled when we walk in certain groups, in certain environments, when we see certain things on TV. Sometimes it's not because of our own fault. We just happen to be in those environments. Amen. There happen to be people around us who say certain things and we can't control it. Okay, we've got to shower ourselves with the word. Get rid of all that defilement. Sometimes we can feel defiled in our hearts. Sometimes I do. It's important just to bring ourselves back into the presence of God and the word of God and just speak that word over ourselves and meditate on that word and declare the word. It's a showering. Amen. The word of God is seed. Luke 8 and 1 Peter 1. It's seed. It's sown in the heart to bring forth spiritual harvest. 1 Peter 1 verse 22 to 23 says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren... We hope that we do that, right? We, hope, we all do that, right? <laughs> Love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of, the corruptible, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. The passion explains it nicely. For through the eternal and living word of God, you have been born again. And this seed that he planted within you can never be destroyed, but will live and grow inside of you forever. You see, the the word of God is a seed that brings forth spiritual harvest. Remember, Jesus shared the parable of the sower, and he spoke about the seed that was sown on dry ground, on rocky ground, and on good ground. And that ground represents the ground of our hearts. And we need to make sure that our hearts, we look after our hearts, we remove the weeds, we remove the rocks of offense, of bitterness, all those things. And we allow his word to penetrate our hearts, that our hearts are good soil, that it can bring forth a good spiritual harvest. Amen. But even if I keep my heart free from rocks and weeds, but I don't sow the seed of the word of God, is there going to be a harvest? 
No, there won't be a harvest because there's no seed. So we got to sow that incorruptible seed, which is the word of God, that it can bring forth a harvest. Okay. The word of God is food. Jeremiah 15, 16. Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. Psalm 119, Job 23. Those scriptures are all in your notes. But it's, the, it's food that imparts strength to the spiritual man. Jeremiah 15, verse 16 your, says, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord. Okay, it's food. It's milk for babes. 1 Peter uh, 2, verse 1 to 3. Therefore, laying aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. The, the word is milk, causing us to be nourished and grow. Secondly, it is bread for the mature. Deuteronomy 8.23, he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. And that is the scripture that Jesus quoted when he was being tempted by the devil. And Luke, that scripture I, I, I referenced earlier, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds. What is God, God's proceeding word over your life today? Do you know? What is God's proceeding word over you for the season of your life? Do you know? We've got to know these things so we can stand on it. So it can work in our lives to bring forth the thing that is God is wanting to bring forth in this season. So we can hide in this word, that I can pray this word, I can meditate on the word, I can be strengthened by this word. We've got to know these things. The word is strong meat or solid, or solid food for the adult. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1 to 3 says, Brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I found it impossible to speak to you as those who are spiritually mature. For you are still dominated by the mindset of the flesh. And because you are immature infants in Christ, I had to nurse you and feed you with milk, not with the solid food of more advanced teachings because you weren't ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready to be fed solid food for you are living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. Ask yourselves this, is there jealousy among you? Do you compare yourselves with others? Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? If so, this proves that you are living your lives centered on yourselves, dominated by the mindset of the flesh and behaving like unbelievers. When you look at that scripture and you think about it, do you think that you, should, that you are in a place where you still need to be nursed and fed with milk? Is the solid food of more advanced teachings, are you ready for that? Are you, on, are you on solids? You know, when we have babies, we talk about, no, he's still on milk. No, he's going on to, to solids around five, four, five, six months, depending if it's a boy or a girl. <laughs> Boys eat more. <laughs> okay. But are we still, we are Christian, we've been a Christian for 20 years, but we're still eating milk. You know, we've got to move on from taking milk and grow in the word. Amen. We've got to move on, grow, and you can look at your lifestyle in that scripture to see, okay, where am I exactly? 
The New King James Version says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. I think the problem in the church we have, I'm not talking about this church, I'm talking about in the church in general, in the body of Christ, is we have a lot of babes in Christ. We have a lot of babes and we tickle their ears with sermons that they want to hear so that we can increase the numbers in church and fill up our seats. I'm not talking about us, I'm talking generally. You know, and we have people that are content to come to church and leave and remain babes. But the problem with that is that we have a whole body of Christ who don't have their senses exercised to discern between good and evil. Amen. We've all got to grow up and, and so that our senses are exercised to discern between good and evil. And how we do that is by using and living by the word of God. And progressing from milk and foundational teachings, progressing and eating the meat of God's word and eating it regularly, we can grow strong and we apply it in our lives. Because it says, by reason of use. So do we apply the word in our lives? If we don't apply it in our lives, if we just come to church and listen to it, and we go home and we don't change, I'm not applying it in my life, and I'm not going to have my, my, my senses exercised to discern between good and evil, because I'm not using it. Amen. We've got to use it. It is also, the word of God is also sweet and delightful as honey. Psalm 119 verse 103 says, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. H, the word of God is a lamp. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Number one, it imparts life to a darkened man. We see, we see this in John 6, 63, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. These scriptures, I'm going to stop saying them, the ones just in brackets that we don't have on here because they're in the notes. You can go and get them in the notes, okay? Two, it exposes areas of sin in our lives. We see that in Hebrews. Three, it gives direction and guidance. We see it in Proverbs. So you might say, well, I need direction. I need guidance. And I'll say to you, well, have you been in the Word? Well, I need to know the way that I should go. I've got this hard decision. I'm going to say to you, well, have you been in the word? Have you been hiding his word in your heart? Because his word is an umpire. His word is a light to our path. Amen. Okay. Psalm 18 verse 28 says, God, all at once you turned on a floodlight for me. You are the revelation light in my darkness. And in your brightness, I can see the path ahead. Oh, well, my path is dark and I don't know which way to go. And I'll say to you, just take one step at a time and walk with God and be in the word. Be studying the principles. No, your situation exactly might not be in the word, but there'll be principles in the word. There'll be values in the word that we can build our life upon. Amen. There'll be a worldview for you to build your life around. Okay. The word of God is true riches. Psalm 119 verse 72 says, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Who I wonder how many of us would say that. <laughs> the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Honestly, people, who would really say that? But that's the truth. We need God's word. It's invaluable. Jay, the word of God is a fire. Jeremiah 20 verse 9 
says, the Lord, then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. Oh, that it would be like that in our lives. Amen. Like a fire inside of us that we can't hold back. Number one, it warms our heart. Number two, it gives zeal for service. It gives zeal for service. Whenever your zeal is growing cold, your zeal for God is growing cold, I'll ask you, what is the level of word in your heart? Because the word of God gives zeal for service. And 1 Corinthians talks about how it exposes wood, hay, and stubble in our lives. We need it because it shows us what is of imperishable value and what is wood, hay, and stubble according to God's value system. Amen. Okay. So how important is it to get a word from the Lord on a daily basis? Well, A, Jesus indicated that we need daily bread. He said, give us this day our daily bread in the Lord's Prayer. You remember that? B, God has indicated that we need the word of God to keep us alive. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Okay, it's important. So you, say, you might say to me, well, how can I grow in the word? And I'm glad you asked that. Okay, there are a few points taken from a friend of ours, Pastor Tendai Chitsike, which I'm going to use. The first thing is, I grow in his word by hearing it. Acts 2 verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and prayers. You know, in triathlon, consistency is key. If I train one week, don't train one week, train one week, don't train one week, I'm not going to perform when it comes race day. But as Christians, we read the word one day, we don't read it for six days. We read the word two days, we don't read it for five days. We read the word, we're inconsistent. We are. We are. Don't disagree with me. I know we are. <laughs> okay. But here it says, they continued steadfastly. They were consistent in the apostles' doctrine. They were consistent in the word of God. They were strong, okay? Acts 17 verse 11 says, they were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Oh, that we would be like that as the church. Oh, that we would be like the Bereans where we would hear a word preached from the pulpit and we go straight home or maybe later after you fed your family, woman, uh, mothers, you go and you search it out for yourself. Is what Pastor Tracy said, is that true? Oh, Pastor Paul preached this. Oh, let me check it out. Is that what the word really says? Oh, this preacher preached this on, on TV. Let me go and check it out for myself in the word. That's important. You gotta check out and test everything. You are, you will, you, you need to stand, you're an authority over yourself. Check it out, test it. Okay? Amen. That's important. These guys searched it out. I grow in his word by reading it. 1 Peter 2, verse 2 to 3. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. If I don't read it, or at least listen to it as I'm driving. From, you know, that, you know, you can get download Bibles that are audible versions, okay? But we've got to at least hear it and read it. If there's no word from that, that in my life, well, then I'm not going to grow. See, I grow in his word by studying it. So fast food Bible reading and fast food um, devotions is fine, but we're not going to grow strong by doing that. Amen. We've got to study it. We've got to go deeper in it. And that's why those tools that I was talking about are so important, where we know how to. How do I do a word study? How do I do a character study? How do I do a book study? How do I do these things? It's important we equip ourselves to do that. 
2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Be diligent that Pastor Paul presents you. Is that what it says? Be diligent that your favorite preacher on TV presents you. Is that what it says? What does it say? Be diligent to present yourself. Whose responsibility is it? Whose responsibility is it to educate yourself? Whose responsibility is it to find out how to use all those Bible tools we have available to us so that you can dig into the word like the Bereans? Sorry? It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. Amen. Okay. I grow in his word by meditating on it. Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it or in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Oh, I like that key for success and prosperity. Meditating on the word of God that I may observe it and obey it. Meditating on the word of God brings prosperity when I observe it and I obey it. If I don't meditate on it, if I'm not taking it in, then how can I observe it? And how can I then want to be prosperous? I can go for as much prayer as I want for 24-hour miracles and have people lay their hands on my head. But if I'm not meditating on the word, if I don't know what it says, if I don't understand certain values and principles in the word of God, I can be prayed for. I can give million rand offerings to any man of God I want, but I'm still not going to walk in prosperity because that's not the key. The key is this. Amen. Sorry, I didn't hear that. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. What is meditation? What is meditation? It's not making a nice, sitting in a nice position and doing certain things and blanking my mind out and waiting to hear some audible voice from heaven. That's not meditation. Meditation is when I take a portion of scripture and I utter it and I mutter it and I think about it where we fill our mind, where we fill our heart with that word and we think about it and we allow the Holy Spirit to add to it and maybe he makes you think about another scripture that's related and we think about that and we utter it and we pray it over ourselves, filling our minds with the scripture, not blanking your mind out. Amen. Meditation. Okay. E, I grow in his word by memorizing it. Psalm 119 verse 11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. We can hide ourselves in his word. We can hide his word in our heart. And then his word directs us and leads us and guides us. Amen. Okay. We grow by confessing his word. Matthew 4 verse 10. That's what Jesus said. He confessed the word of God. He said, away from me, Satan. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. And then the devil left him. He confessed the word. Away from me, Satan, whatever he said, when he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I confess it. Psalm 1, Lord, I want to be like that tree planted by the rivers, streams of water that, that always brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaves will not wither or die. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Because then he'll be like that tree, Lord. And we meditate and we confess it and then we pray it over ourselves. Very powerful. Amen. I grow in his word by doing it. Luke eleven twenty eight. But he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, James 1.22. I grow in his word by doing it. 
who have, by reason of use, have their senses sharpened. We have to use the word. We have to apply it in our lives. Amen. Okay. So you might say to me, well, I'm here in my Bible reading, or I'm here, or I'm actually nowhere. How do I get to the next place? How, how do I move on from where I'm at? How can, I, how can I apply this message? Okay. Well, the first steps to Bible reading and meditation is seeing a need for it. Seeing a need for it. Okay, if you do not accept the importance of this area, you will not do anything about it. Okay? If I don't believe that it's important that I'm healthy, I'm not going to watch the way that I eat. If I don't believe something's important, I'm not going to do it. So we have to believe that we won't prosper without it. We have to believe that our survival depends on it. We have to believe that we will die spiritually without it. We have to believe that we're not going to get our breakthrough Without it, we need it. We need it to walk in life, okay? When you believe something, it helps us to change. Once I believe it, then i got to make a personal commitment to it. And so this morning, I'm wanting to challenge us. At the end of this message, I want you to say, I want, I want you to be able to say to the Lord what your personal commitment is going to be regarding this. We have to make a commitment to, principle, to the principle of regular Bible study, regular feeding on the Word. And the commitment is made to the Lord but it helps if you've got a prayer partner to be accountable with or someone to be accountable to. Amen. Otherwise, it's too easy to, the alarm goes off and you're like, ah, God will understand. <laughs> and you switch off the alarm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. If you're like me, you said you set five, you said three alarms, you know, in the space of five minutes to make double, double, double sure. <laughs> okay. Maybe if you're like someone else, I know you put your alarm at the other side of the room. So you have to get out of bed to switch it off. Okay. Do whatever you need to do, but make a personal commitment to it and be accountable to someone. Okay. Choose a translation of the Bible. You can use different translations of the Bible for different um, enrichments. Choose one that's readable and one that's accurate. And I'll mention a few things about that just now. Adopt a plan for it. When we, plan, when we fail to plan, we plan to fail. I can have the best intentions in the world of getting up in the morning and going for a run or going for an early morning cycle. But if I don't plan for it, if I don't make a plan, then I'm probably not going to do it. Amen. Best intentions. Five o'clock in the morning comes it's still dark. Mm, another hour of sleep. Mm, turns to two hours. I wake up. Oh, it's a bit late. Mm, mm, well, maybe I'll just do it on the trainer. Uh, another hour passes by. Eat breakfast. Mm, mm, maybe I'll just cut it down to half of my time. That's what we do, don't we? Okay, so we've got to make a plan. We have to translate our desires into specific plans or they'll never happen. How are you going to go about your Bible reading and your meditation from today? Where are you going to begin? What is going to change? What is your schedule going to be for it? We have to establish a schedule. If we do not set aside an actual time, it's likely that we won't do it. I don't know if you, any of you are like me, but I like routine. I do well with routine. If something is not in my diary or something is not in my routine, it's probably going to fall through the cracks. Amen. So as far as possible, especially if you're like me, establish a schedule, establish a routine, okay? Establish a time where the primary focus will be digging deeper into the Word. Establish a time where maybe your primary focus will be praying and meditating on the Word. But establish those times. And I loved what a specific uh, uh, guy I was listening to, a preacher I was listening to, was talking about. He was talking about how he likes to separate 
intercession from devotion, because intercession is like the business aspect of his relationship with the Lord, and his devotion is his personal relationship with the Lord, and I like that, because sometimes we can come and we get so busy praying for all of these burdens that we see and we have around us that we don't actually get into the word for ourselves. We don't pray for ourselves. Amen. So I think it's important that we separate out all these things, all the different things that you usually do in your devotions, have time for study, have time for praying the word, have time for meditation and digging in the word. And, and even if you want to pick a day for each during the week and do seven different things in your devotion and, ro and rotate that every, every, every week, I think that's fine. But keep the schedule that you've established once you've established it. Amen. John Wesley taught several useful tips. He said, set, it, set apart time every morning and evening for reading. Read with a determination to know the whole will of God and a resolution to do it. Okay? So we read with a resolution that we're going to do what we learn. Okay? And we pray about it. Pray before and after reading, asking the Holy Spirit to, re to reveal the word to us. Examine our life according to what we read, and whatever revelation we receive, begin to execute it the very first moment you can after that. Then we're being like that wise person who looks in the mirror and goes off and does what we read. Okay. Another thing, we've got to be willing to invest in it. You know, we've got to be willing to invest, and we have to be willing to spend time on Bibles, spend time on, on tools. Uh, on my phone, I love to use, some of you might use a different one. I use Olive Tree, and I've bought different Bible versions and different, and you can also use eSword, download eSword software on your, on, your, on your computers. It's free, and you can get there all sorts of um, tools available on eSword, some for free, and some you have to purchase, but we have to be willing to invest in it. Amen. We have to be. You know, we can, you can go out to a restaurant and easily drop 500 rand, you know, on, a, on meals for whoever you go with. Easy, you know. But we see a book for 500 rand and we're like, oh, 500 rand. <gasps> but you know what? You're going to go to a restaurant and eat and by dinner time you're going to be hungry again. But that book that you buy will be on your phone until whenever you remove it. You know, we have to be willing to invest. We can invest on hobbies, on recreation, on all the things we love to do, on new shoes, on new clothes. But somehow to buy a book or to buy a Bible or to buy a lexicon or a dictionary, suddenly if it's more than 120 rand, it's like, ugh. <laughs> Come on, people. Okay. A good student of the word is willing to invest resources into their spiritual growth and development. Okay, so I want to encourage you for devotional reading, for devotional reading, any translation or any version of the Bible will do, but um, paraphrase or thoughtful thought translations are nice because they're easy to read. So a paraphrase translation will be the Living Bible, the Message, maybe the Passion translation that I've been reading from. It's easy to understand and apply in our current context, okay? It uses everyday language. Those are nice to use for personal devotions. Thought for thought translations, that like the NIV, it's maybe slightly more accurate to the original language, but not as easy reading, like everyday reading, okay? Those ones are great. Um, the translators of the NIV uh, attempted to understand the Greek mind and translate the concepts into the contemporary mind or understanding. So those ones are great for that, but then you also need the more accurate word-for-word -word translations for your study. Amen. 
Okay, so for deeper study, it's usually better to use more literal translations of the Bible where they concept, where they translate word for word. And it's because your deeper study will often involve digging into the actual Greek words or Hebrew words. And for that, you'll need it to use the original word. Amen. And so for that, like New King James Version is great. And often you'll find the King James Version with the numbers um, above them that you can go into the original language. Okay, so yeah, that's just to give you a bit of bit of help. Just be careful with certain translations, like the New Revised Standard Version, because they, you know, that particular one, it seeks to make the text of the Scripture gender neutral. Okay, referring to God as Father and Mother. So just be careful with certain translations where you you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Okay, you get me on that. Okay. Okay, it's strange. Okay, so Bible reading plans. You say, okay, now I want to start. How am I going to read the Bible? Well, if you read if you read three chapters of the Bible every day, the whole year, you'll have read the whole Bible. But how many of you know that life happens? Okay, so sometimes, so, so it's actually better to say to yourself, I'm going to read four or five chapters a day. So when that day happens where you don't do your reading, you don't like throw the towel and say, oh, oh I've messed up. I'm, not, I'm just not going to carry on. Okay. Because you're still, you're still on track. So that's an option. Other people will read. Uh, they'll pick uh, some from the old, a chapter from the Old Testament, chapter from the New Testament, a psalm and a proverb. Okay. And proverbs is great because they're 31 proverbs. So you can read one every day of the month. Okay. So it's up to you, but you can you can read through the book you can read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and just stick a marker when you when you finished. For me, that's too I feel confined. <laughs> okay. But for some people that would work. Okay. But maybe you want to read an a bit of an old, a bit of new, a bit of Psalms, a bit of Proverbs. That's great. But it's great to read through the whole Bible in the year. Amen. But maybe sometimes you want to do character studies or or word studies. So it's really up to you, but come up with a plan. Okay, come up with a plan. Choose how you want to read through the whole Bible. So you don't just have one book that you read every year, every month, the same book. You know, you read Psalm 18, Psalm 91, Psalm 121, and the book of John. And then you read, that's your whole life. Okay, well, there's a whole lot more food to eat. Amen. Okay, so I hope you've got something from that. Um, there's a lot in the notes, so go to the notes, check out the notes, draw up a Bible reading plan for yourself, draw up a um, you know, devotional plan, draw up a schedule for yourself if you don't have one already, and, and make a commitment with someone, if you haven't already, to go through it and to become better at feeding on the Word day by day. Amen. Okay. Um, there's some questions at the end of the notes which you can reflect on even in your, in your Go groups. Um, maybe I'll just ask you two now. If I had to ask you one thing that you could change in your life that will ensure that you feed on the Word of God regularly, what is that one thing? There was one thing. Can you, can, who can think of one thing that they can change? Just one thing that will help them to feed on the Word of God more regularly. Okay, we've got four people. The rest of you, what two things can you change? <laughs> okay. The rest of you, what three things? Okay, but change if you need to change. And what is the biggest hindrance to your Bible reading strategy in your life currently? What is the biggest hindrance? Can you think of the biggest hindrance? You can nod or shake your head. 
Yes. Okay, so if that's the biggest hindrance, then that's your one thing. Okay. Okay, let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your word that we can build our lives on. We're so grateful that it's available to all of us, that we have translations that we can understand, that it's written in our language. We're so grateful that we don't only receive the word of God in church on Sundays, but we can receive the word of God in the privacy of our own homes, in, our, in the privacy of our bedrooms, and we can share it, we can break it amongst our friends and in our families. We're so grateful for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you take the word and you make it real and alive and applicable to our lives. We give you thanks and we give you praise this morning for the beauty of your word, for the strength of your word, for the life-giving nature of your word, for the fact that your word is successful, that it always achieves that for which it sends. And Lord, this morning we bring our hearts before you and we ask that you would show us where they're rocks, where they're thorn bushes, where they're things in the soil of our hearts that have blocked and choked your word. And we pray you would take us on a process of uprooting and removing these things, Lord God. And Father, we want to make a commitment today to go to the next level of taking in your word regularly. Lord, wherever we find ourselves, help us to make a plan to draw it up, to put it on paper, to become accountable concerning it, Lord, to make progress in this area of our life. We want to we grow up from being infants to, be those, to being those who are spiritually mature, who by reason of use are able to discern between good and evil who know how to use and apply your word. Father, we ask that you would make us those who, who know and are skilled, who can dig wells for ourselves in your word. Those who know how to mine your word for ourselves and, and find answers for our situations. Father, we thank you today that your word is a lamp to our path, a lamp and a light to our path. We want to thank you that your word is a hammer, that your word is a sword, Lord God, that it pierces, that it divides, that it's our weapon of war, even in prayer, Lord God, that we can confess it and declare it and stand on it in faith, that by it faith comes, Lord. It's so powerful. We thank you for your word today, that it's, it's like water that refreshes us, that cleanses us, that it's water that springs up, that's actually the the Holy Spirit, it springs up to eternal life. We thank you for your word that is like bread for us. It feeds us, it strengthens us, it nourishes us. We're so grateful for your word today, Lord. Father, we, we pray for a healing touch right now wherever people have become, have lost their spiritual appetites. Lord, where we don't crave the milk of your word, where we don't crave the meat of your word. Father, we pray that you would bring a healing to our hearts. You would bring a healing to our spirit man. That we would desire and be hungry for your word. We would be hungry for more of you, for more revelation. 
We ask that as we dig in your word, you would grant us a spirit of revelation, a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of knowledge and understanding. Holy Spirit, that you would help us to grow. You would help us to be able to become bread to the nations, Lord God. Would you make our lives bread? And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be consistent, that each day we would hear, we would know this is the preceding word for today. For each one of us, Lord God, may we know and understand your preceding word for our season. May you help us to understand the season that we're in, that we can stand on your word, that we can hide in your word. I just believe that for some of us, we're not standing and hiding in the word for, for the season. And in that way, the enemy the enemy's darts have been able to penetrate our hearts. We're not able to pick up that shield of faith because we're not standing on the word. And it's, it's hearing the word that brings faith. If there's no word, there can be no faith. And so, Father, I pray for a cleansing of those things, of those fiery darts that have brought discouragement, that have brought unbelief, Lord God, that have brought weakness and sickness to our bodies. And Lord, we turn and repent from that. We ask that you would help us to stand on your word and to pick up our shields of faith. And just here, the Holy Spirit is saying that some of you mistake your spiritual hunger for natural hunger. Some of you overeat because you're hungry. You think you're hungry, but you're not hungry for natural food. You're hungry for spiritual food. Would you help us to be sensitive, Lord God? Jesus, the bread of life, you're so welcome in our lives and in our families and our households. Come and feed us. We long for you. We long for revelation. Now, if you need refreshing right now, just lift up your hand. Lift up your hands. I need my Bible. I'm going to just read the scripture. Lift up your hands. He wants to shower you with, with refreshing. We love you, Lord, our strength. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my rock in whom I take refuge. The Lord is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. The Lord is your rock. The Lord is your fortress. The Lord is your deliverer. The Lord is your refuge. The Lord is your strength. The Lord is your shield. And as you call to him from that place, so you shall be saved from your enemies. The Lord says he goes before you today. He makes crooked places straight. As you release the word of God from your mouth, the Lord is going to make crooked places straight. It's powerful. It's active. It will make a path before your, your, your feet. There's someone that I'm thinking of. The Lord, I'll speak to you. The Lord is saying, declare my word. Declare my word over your children. Declare my word over your family. Declare my word. I'm seeing people kneeling in the night season, crying. The situation is difficult. Don't understand how it can happen to you. The Lord is saying, release my word into your situation. It's alive and active. I'm seeing bridges being formed. If you're at a place where you're at a... You're at a, before you is a, 
it's an Im- impassable area. It's like there's a river at the bottom and you're on one side and you've got to get to the other and you can't cross. But I'm seeing as you release the word of God that it creates a bridge. It creates a bridge. The Lord wants to create bridges for some people to bridge in your situation. Maybe it's a bridge of lack. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's a bridge in, the re- in a relationship. Maybe it's a bridge to a new level, a new place either in work and your spiritual life, the Lord is saying, release my word, release my word, release my word. Oh, Father, would you help us to release your word? We want to be those who create miracles just by releasing your word. Thank you, Father. Come on, I I don't want to make the altar call specific. If there's something that has touched you and you personally want to make a commitment to the Lord, I want you to stand to your feet. You know what that commitment is. You want to make a commitment. Maybe it's to read your Bible. Maybe it's to feed regularly. Maybe it's to study. Maybe it's something that I was praying about now. But if you want to make a commitment to the Lord, you just stand. Stand and say, Lord, I want to receive your grace this morning. I want to receive your grace. I want to make a commitment before you. This is not for man. This is before the Lord. I want to commit to you, Lord God. I want to go to my next level of maturity. I want to be able to use your word to rightly divide it. I want to be able to use that sword in warfare. Some of you are facing warfare and you've got to use the word it's your weapon of war it's your offensive weapon of war oh yes father god i thank you for these who are standing right now and i thank you that you are placing swords in people's hands i thank you lord god that you are dropping words into people's hearts that this week people are going to have a preceding word this week people are going to have a sword a word to use as a sword in their situation father we lift we present ourselves before you and we we consecrate ourselves to you And we make this commitment, each person right now, you make your commitment to the Lord to go deeper, to go further, to use it how you know God is challenging you. And I thank you for a grace that is released even as we agree agree together in this corporate environment, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.